Welcome to the bonus barrel! Get ready! Once upon a time, there existed a beautiful utopia located far, far beyond the most distant galaxy of the universe called Dragonland. It was a peaceful world brimming over with life and light. Then suddenly, in the space year 6226, a dastardly scheme carefully orchestrated by the Evil One was unleashed on this land, which had once been a Garden of Eden. Supernatural phenomena became rampant throughout the devastated planet, and barbaric and evil creatures could literally be seen roaming everywhere. Although everything imaginable appeared to have been destroyed on Dragonland, the only living thing that continued to resist the force of the evil was Uriah, a friendly dragon. He was nearly at his wit's end in his unrelenting search for a savior, when lo and behold, a fighter from Earth with superhuman ability and psychic powers heard his plea for help and arrived in the scene to help save the day. Now, with the whole universe as your audience, a legendary battle that is surely destined to be passed down to the future generations is about to be unfolded. Welcome to the Fantasy Zone. Today with me is Seiji. Hello. Jeff. Hello. I'm Rob, and in the background is Marshall. And if you <laughs> and if you couldn't already tell, we're talking about Space Harrier. Yeah, what's up with the hairy dragon? Uriah? Well, as you just heard from the story, he is the savior. Uh, he's looking for the savior to his dragon land. I, I love I love how nonsensical that was. That just it was it was like almost like Alice in Wonderland. That was from the instruction booklet. Yeah, oh my goodness. Space uh, Harrier. Space Harrier. So Space Harrier. this was a game. Actually before I, I can sum it up, so us three, Jeff, Sage and myself, have all played Space Harrier. Some of us played it for a while back and some just played it recently. Marshall has not played Space Harrier at the starting of this episode, but he is in the background playing Space Harrier on the 3DS. That so by the end of the episode, he will have an opinion on the, on the game. Whether or not we let him deal damage remains to be seen. <laughs> so, released in 1985, a year after I was born, in a huge sit-down cabinet, a shoot-em-up style game where you play as the Harrier, who battles in the Fantasy Zone, or Dragonland, at a time, many games uh, were horizontal or vertical, but this viewpoint is behind the character. Or yeah. you're at the viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, and you shoot toward into the screen. The Harrier's default position is actually the center of the screen and locks there unless you move him. Basically, you fly, run around, shooting at enemies and dodging obstacles. You fight bosses that are quite crazy looking and there's a bonus stage. Uh, the game has a very iconic theme, a very distinct look for its time. Uh, anybody who's seen it will always remember the checkerboard, <laughs> checkerboard pattern ground texture, and it's probably recognizable to any any gamer, at least in the, in the late to, late 20s and older. Classic arcade game. Classic, Classic game. Very, very much so. So, who was it, uh, who spearheaded this project, Seiji? The director is uh, legendary. Legendary. Uh, Yu Suzuki. He's been referred as Sega's Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> okay, right? that's a pretty good comparison. He, he was a, a pioneer on this uh, pseudo 3D sprite scaling type of gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, other games like in, in the same style, not same gameplay or genre, but same visual style and technological advancements yep. in, in this kind of technology. Um, Hang On. Mm-hmm. You guys remember Hang On? Yep. Um, Outrun. Mm-hmm. Afterburner 1 and 2. Yep. And then in the 90s, he... he also was a pioneer on 3D games, or, or 3D uh, arcade games. Okay. Mostly, these games were released originally on arcade. Yes. So, uh, we have Vir- Virtua Racing, Virtua Fighter, mm-hmm. Virtua Cop, I love that game. I haven't played Virtual Cop. It's the... I know what you're talking about. I mean, it's played so it. satisfying to hit, to, to hit someone on, on Virtual Cop. And finally, he's like... His uh, magnum opus. <laughs> yes. Uh, Shenmue. Yes. One and two. Yeah. And lately, he's been doing a lot of mobile games. 
little less exciting. Yeah. And I've heard that he's trying to uh, <laughs> to organize a Kickstarter for Shenmue 3. Cool. And I think a lot of these games over the next few months we might do many episodes on because they're all very interesting and, and worth playing. Uh, but we're starting with Space Harrier and likely Fantasy Zone. Yeah, uh, so the precursor to Space Harrier from Se- or Se- Sega actually would have been the Buck Rogers game, which yes. wasn't Buck Rogers over there. So they were looking, so this is back when space operas were really big. They had Star Wars and, uh, Star Trek and they, and they, so they, they already had licenses for those, like not Sega, but other companies had licenses for those yeah. IP. So when they wanted to bring stuff over here, and this is, this applied to a lot of games in that time frame being brought over, they would just be unrelated things from Japan that they would bring over here and then just throw, sometimes barely even try to change any of the, the graphics to match what it came from. So they would say, bring a game, like, I don't remember the name of the Japanese version of Buck Rogers, but they brought it over here, and all they did was pretty much change the box art and title screen. Nothing else changed. It didn't really match anything. Yeah. But that was, like, that was really rampant at the time. You could see a lot of those games where they have, you could tell, well, the most infamous of all, of course, was Super Mario 2, right? You know, Doki Doki Panic. was, But at least they actually attempted to change everything in the game. Mm-hmm. Most games at that time didn't even bother trying to change it. You, you As a kid, you would pick this game up, and be like, oh, I'm going to play a game about uh, Buck Rogers. Well, I don't know what kids were screaming about that, but that was the 80s. And, you know, it would have nothing to do with, with it, but people still liked it. So that was the precursor to Space Harrier. Yep. But Space Harrier kind of did everything better and, and bigger. Like, that game is such a distinct-looking game. And the, the thing about it to me, I don't know if I, I can't speak for both of you, is I think it still holds up. I still think it looks mm. pretty good. So it's so, you have to be in the, in, in the right state of mind. Yeah. Right. It's an arcade game, and as such, the 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 gameplay the gameplay session or the game session is mm-hmm. is made so it's it's short and sweet. Right. Yeah. So you have to imagine that you are inserting coins into arcade. Right. Right. Absolutely. And in the game, well, I don't know you, but I I die constantly. I die all the time. Oh, right? constantly. I did beat it, but so, I love. But you yeah. want to keep playing. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, in that, in the right state of mind, and um, also you have to—you're missing one other thing. The visual aesthetic is pretty much like eighties, right? Yeah, it, it reminds you <laughs> very, it reminds, very it reminds much you so. a lot of of eighties anime. Yep. So yeah, yeah, like, like like Dragon Ball, right? It has this this thing going on with the big <laughs> mushrooms and things like that, you know. <laughs> um, so. Be, being in that in that state of mind, it's a great game. There's other one other thing that we're missing that we don't get to experience, unfortunately. Although we maybe we did as a kid, is that this thing took place in this giant cabinet that would rotate and move while you're playing it. Which is funny because the character doesn't even he's not riding a plane. He's just the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a bit about the Harrier a little more later. But he's just a dude in like blue pants holding a gun, flying on the screen. But for some reason, the game it, it, it was set up like one of those games in the arcades where you're in a plane and it feels to, it tries to emulate a cockpit. Mm-hmm. Which is again a disjoint from the actual game, but I feel like that would add to it, and that's the, that's one thing that we don't get to experience, unfortunately, because none of us own that machine. Although I would like to own that machine; that'd be great. Yeah. So, so the guy who 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 did this, he 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 went, he worked on such a lot of legendary stuff from that that time frame. Many of the class, very classic, classic Sega the games. Now, where Sega was not very consistent in in, in the consoles, mm-hmm. in their games in in arcade, they were really dominating. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they're, they're uh, contemporaries that would have been a good 
challenged him would have been like Capcom and, and Konami and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because all those guys were like at the top of their game back then when you think about it. Not just in arcades, like their console games are great. Yeah. So it's kind of <laughs> a little disappointing to see where some of those companies have gone in terms of games that they're releasing nowadays. But back then, like I guess a lot of the things, a lot of the great things about those games from that era is some of them just are still very playable today. Like Mega Man, the original Mega Man games are still really fun to play. And I found Space Area really fun to play. And, and uh, I look forward to playing other arcade games from the same director for a future episode, really. Well, getting getting back to kind of what you said earlier, how, how well this game holds up, you know, I, I just kind of played it, and then I did a little bit of research and kind of looked it up. And I was shocked to find out this was from the 80s, because yeah. it looks really, really good. And I know, like, an arcade is definitely going to have, you know, a higher quality of than and an NES would have ever had. Or, yeah. Um, uh, but it was still just shocking to kind of see how how well it, it was and how relevant today it still looks pretty it, okay. it looks pretty darn good and I'm not surprised to see that they're kind of porting it to the 3DS yeah it used a maybe revolutionary at the time scaling technology for for the game so everything's of course there's no 3D in the game although as a side note I'll, I'll say that it plays well in 3D on the 3DS the graphics lend to it so they would just scale up images flat mm-hmm. images to make it appear like they're getting bigger and smaller, like they're going into the distance or whatnot. And some of the boss fights are, are kind of impressive when you think about it, because you because the bosses will lunge towards the screen, get huge, and they will fly far, far back into the background, and then and then get up closer and get huge again, and, and they play a lot with that. And so, as you're moving through the environments, you'll see in the distance uh, like pillars and whatnot that will slowly get bigger and bigger, and you have to try and dodge them, except, uh, slow is not the word, quickly get bigger and bigger, and you're trying to dodge them. And yeah, it's, it's an impressive look for its age. The designs of, of the characters, which I wasn't going to talk about later, but, you know, like, the creature designs are very bizarre. Like, this game is kind of surreal. Look, Everything about it is surreal. Like, Extreme look. Like, you'll go to some some stages where the ground, and the, and then there's this, the sky is suddenly the same as the ground, so you have, like, ground above you and ground below you, and you're... And the some of the settings in the area, I, I wish I would have wrote down the names, because the names are really weird. I think Giza might be one of them. I think Giza's second level. Yeah, thing. Parn. Parn yeah. or Parm. I just got to the part with the ground on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe Marshall will beat the game by the time we uh, get to the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, and then he will be qualified to comment. So, yeah, so you'll get, like, mushroom areas and, and like, weird high-tech cities, sometimes floating continents in the background. It's very strange, but... It was it was diverse, too. Yeah, like, it was. You would fight, you know, kind of like these crazy... I don't want to give to get too much, but like... No, that's know, cool. Cyclops mammoths, which were just so yeah, cool to like, me. Yeah, and like, wing robots. Yeah, and, then, and all of a sudden, you're fighting spaceships. So it goes from one end of the spectrum yeah. to the other, almost, you know, instantly. Yeah, too. out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Now, out of all the enemies, I think... The, the the trees were my my worst. <laughs> I, I, honestly, like I I I didn't want to say that no, because okay. I felt like maybe I sucked at this game too much. But well, that, that's a hard game. It is a hard game, but that was for me as well. It was mostly like running into rocks and trees. Yeah, I, I found the, the the obstacles much more threatening than the most enemies. Actually, the bosses weren't too bad because uh, the last stage of the game. Uh, since we went through the story, we can spoil everything now. Of course, the yeah, last story. <laughs> the last stage of the game is a boss run. Yeah, and I think that might have th- think I think that might have been the easiest stage in the game actually, because the boss patterns. Yeah. The, the thing about the no harriers, right, is you don't move. It, you can avoid enemy fire by moving never in the same spot. Yeah. As long as you never backtrack, you can pretty much avoid everything they shoot out unless mm-hmm. you like, get a little sloppy. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta say, I had a I had a hard time initially with I think it was a second boss. It was just like 
those like six or seven like Easter Island heads yeah. that were floating Ida around. Yeah, is the name of the boss. Oh, actually, that the name of the I went boss? down and wrote the names out. I'll talk um, about them later. But I found I found that one rather challenging. At that first. one might be a little bit of the harder ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll go through the bosses in a bit. But the very first one you fight is is probably the one that most people have seen and know. Is that the weird dragon? Yeah, well, that's which is like multi segmented yeah. because of the scaling stuff that they use. All the bosses are segmented actually. Uh, they give them their, their sense of size, but in order to make them actually retreat in the background, they use pieces, and it, just, it works really well, I find. It looks cool. Music is so the the main theme of Space Harrier is one of my favorite video game themes of all time. It's amazing. I like it more than the Legend of Zelda Overworld theme. I'll get I'll throw that out there. Uh, I actually have written down who did that since. Uh, let me go down. So the composer was composed by Hiroshi uh, Kawaguchi. He's in the industry for a long time, starting in about that same year, 1985. Actually, some games he's worked on: Hang On, Alex Kidd and the Lost Stars, Outrun, Fantasy Zone, which is we'll be talking about in a week or two. Afterburner, Sword of Vermilion, Outrunners, Sonic 3, Wave Runner, Bayonetta, and more. I didn't write all of them down. But yeah, he's worked on a lot. Oh, and the audio is taken care of. This is from the register.co.uk. The audio is taken care of by Zilog Z80 CPU controlling a Yamaha FM synthesis chip and Sega's own PCM unit with clear voice samples that have been lovingly placed in the Hall of Game mythology, such as Welcome to the Fantasy Zone, Get Ready, and You're Doing Great! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love the music. You gotta love that encouragement, too. That you're doing yeah, great! Like, keep up, buddy! Yeah. <laughs> the music is great. Like So the main theme is, is the best. I mean, this it'll play it during our episode at some point, so you'll have heard it one way or the other, but I recommend going listen to the theme, because that's the thing. So it's the main music of the entire game is the theme, and it's like a good four minutes long. So unlike a lot of... Uh, of gaming music at the time where it would repeat relatively quickly, usually the levels aren't as long. In this case, the music plays throughout almost the entire game except for some pauses here, so the theme doesn't get too repetitive because it's such a long, well-crafted theme. So when you fight some bosses and during the bonus stage you get different music, which is good but not nearly as, to me, as iconic as the main theme. But I, I like the boss music. I think there's two tunes for the boss music actually, because when I was doing the boss run I remember there being two themes that would pop up. Yeah. And actually one of my motivations to, to, to defeat the bosses was to return to that normal theme. <laughs> yeah, you want to like, oh, I need this boss so I can hear the good theme again. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I rec- anybody who's not heard it, I, I mean, if you like gaming music at all, you, you got to check the theme out. And there's a bunch of different remixes. Uh, the Bayonetta, we had an episode of Bayonetta recently. I don't know which has come up first because we record a bunch of episodes, but Bayonetta has a whole stage based on Space Harrier. So if you played Bayonetta, You've played a little bit of Space Harrier. Uh, you've had a taste of Space Harrier, yeah. the missile stage. So you should go play the real one, I think. I mean, you can find it somewhere, I'm sure. The 3DS is the ver- is the one that... Not the very first one to play. So I own the Master System one. That's the first Space Harrier that I played that I remember. I may have played it as a kid, possibly in the arcades, but that's too long ago. But I had the Master System one, and I decided for fun just to pick up the 3DS version, which I think is awesome, actually. it has So it has some enhancements. And I wrote some of them down. It's called 3D Space Harrier. And I got this little blurb from Nintendo Life, just so it can 
put it more concisely than I probably could during my rambling. 3D Space Harrier has a feature of wealth of options, including the ability to dial down the difficulty level, give yourself more lives per continue, and even invert the controls to suit your personal taste. Inverting the controls, by the way, I found much, much better. The latter being an essential choice if you're serious about using touch control. You can even enable a screen tilt effect, which simulates the feeling of being inside the original arcade cabinet, uh, along with the accompanying sound effects, right down to clicking noises made by the coin-ops light flicker stick, uh, to grinding noises. So when you're playing the 3DS version, it's like the screen moving and it, it, it emulates like the, the grind of what you'd hear in the arcade, which I thought was a really cool touch. You don't have to play with that for what it's worth. And there's a bunch of other settings, like a replay you can watch, which is what I use to get the boss names because they're on the screen for like a second. So I actually replayed it to get them written down because they're fun to talk about. Uh, there's other features. You can save your progress. You can reload at a later time. Once you've completed a stage, you can replay it any time in any difficulty. And uh, you can also listen to the game's iconic soundtrack from the options screen. There you go. I love the 3DS version. You played it, right? Nope, I played the oh. arcade version. Emulated? Uh, emulated. Yeah. With me. That's cool, yeah. Uh, I didn't... I, I considered it... I was actually trying to play Planet Harriers on MAME, and I couldn't get it to work. Ah, uh, it's a pain. Is it got- this, this was my first time with MAME, and I, you actually have to go through, through the terminal and type like command lines and stuff. I didn't like it. I, I couldn't get Planet Harriers to work, and I really wanted to play it. But I, there's a problem with getting that to work in, in the first place. Planet Harriers, by the way, is a sequel to Space Harriers, and there's also Space Harrier 3D. Space Harrier 2, which I own, by the way. No, there are tons of ports of this. Right. right, I got a list of them. That was, thank you, that's perfect segue. Arcade, Sega Master System, TurboGrafx-16, Famicom, Game Gear, DOS, Amiga, Atari ST, ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, Amstrad CPC, Atari 8-bit, X68000, PC88, PC60, Sharp MZ700, Sharp X1, FM7, 32X, Saturn, Game Boy Advance, Dreamcast, Xbox, PS2, 360, PS3, Wii Virtual Console, 3DS eShop. Wow. It gets around. <laughs> Everybody gets a taste of Space Harrier at mm-hmm. some point in their life. So iconic the game is. So no excuse not to play this game. You can get it anywhere. I actually want to import some of the uh, the ones we didn't get, like the PS2 version. The Famicom. Yeah. Well, actually, the Famicom ones, uh, I remember reading, is actually a really bad port. Ooh. The Master System is a better port. Yeah. Uh, Master System does it pretty well. That's because that's the other one I, I have the most experience with. So, have you played Space Harrier Two no. for the Genesis? No. The music, although not bad, is just not nearly as good as as this one. So it turns me off from playing. Actually, I'm like, where's my theme? It's not there. Yeah, that, that's unfortunate. It is. <laughs> well, like like even like Seiji said, he wanted to beat the boss. We could hear that. Theme that's again. so good. So yeah, like to kind of take out such a positive feature to the game is it's kind of kind of terrible. Uh, I mean, the game is fine. It plays. Probably better, or at least on par, because better than Master System, not the arcade, because it's a, an upgrade and it graphically looks better. And there's some fun enemies, like some more unique enemies, because the scaling is a little more advanced. Because this would have been like eight years later, right? But that music, the theme, the the missing of the theme, it's kind of like when I play Zelda games that have great music, but they don't have the overworld theme. I feel a little like, where's my? I want my no, overworld tune. The music is great. <coughs> I, I think what it really makes the game is the type controls. Yeah, the controls are great. Super, super responsive. What do you think about the fact that he snaps back to the center? I love it. I don't notice much because I never move my finger up. I'm always constantly moving in that, the game. That, that was the same with me. Even when you said it, I'm like, you know, now, now that you say it, I kind of realized that... I didn't that, even think about yeah, it. Yeah, but, but he does, yeah. I, I would be just constantly in motion. So you I gotta be noticed. for the most part. Uh, no, that was the first thing I noticed comes back to the center. So he so when you're in the so it's worth noting that when you're in this game you move around the entire screen because you can fly 
but you can also run on the ground. And yeah. I love the feeling of flying in the air, jumping to the ground, running across, yeah. and flying back up. Mm-hmm. It, you get some kind of satisfying moments. It's still so One, Yeah. <laughs> One thing it was missing that I just thought of right now is there's not many horizontal things to dodge, i.e. you have no reason to duck under objects. Like, you, you energy enemy attacks, of course, but things in the horizon are usually pillars. But there's nothing like pillars horizontal that you have to duck under, mm-hmm. limbo under, for yeah. lack of a better comparison. But there's objects in the air, but nothing like like a lot of like games similar to that, rail shooters and whatnot, is that you will have... Nobody can see me move my hands. I don't know why I bother doing that. But you have like certain parts of the screen that you have to run to dodge, like like a gap, like a doorway, or just sometimes you'll have objects that will slowly closing on an area and you have to go to that part. In this game, it's you're either dodging enemy fire or you're always moving to dodge a pillar. Yeah, but the action is so fast. It is fast. That I think it's okay. It's not really a complaint. Just an observation I was noticing and probably a limitation of the of the technology at the time, but but something that you've seen a lot of those games nowadays. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they kind of justified not having that with having kind of the enemy projectiles that you would have to kind of, you know, act the same way yeah, that was that's a horizontal true. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I think it's a great arcade game, great arcade classic. It's a very good game. As yeah. as a game in general, it's, it's not as strong. I don't think that it holds as well as other uh, like console games. It's not, f- and it's because of what it's made for. Okay, the, the, the purpose of, of of the game is to to compel you to play like like. Uh, quick sessions and to keep like feeding, yeah, quarters keep pumping the quarters yeah. in the machine. But that doesn't make it less of a game, in my opinion. Uh, it's th- for what it is. So on the eShop, it's like five bucks, mm-hmm. and I think as if I think of the what you get charged for for the game, at least nowadays, it's completely the price is worth the admission. Uh, I've gotten like a few hours out of that one that I liked. Uh, the Master System one is is pretty cheap. You're, yeah, it's for arcade, but I mean, look at some of the other arcade classics of the time: uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Two. Like, that's a great game yep. that I still think is a great game, even though it was an arcade meant to be for short bursts. And I think I think the Space Carrier holds up to most games that we would play nowadays. Like, I would still choose it over some of the AAA games I've played in the last few years. Okay, so what I, what, what I was going for is this. Now, this type of, of, of gaming experience mm-hmm. really faded away in the 90s. Yeah. Right? Because games became more complex. The arcade scene... Kind of also died mm-hmm. and stuff here, not in Japan. Yes, yeah. But in here, you know where this type of of I do of gaming. Yeah, mobile. Yes, I knew you're, you're not going to trick me, Sage. I know you're getting that. <laughs> it went to mobile. No, mobile <laughs> was great because it revived the, this uh, this whole type of gaming experience, which which was it 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 kind of ended a little bit abruptly, mm-hmm. and it came back. Along with a lot of uh, other 2D, along with 2D in general, yeah, I yeah. think it, re- it, it 2D's back now, but it, it did it disappear re- for a while. It resurrected well, in quote, mobile, disappeared. yeah. And a lot of ideas weren't actually uh, thoroughly explored. So yeah, I think a lot of of, of the modern mobile games uh, borrow a lot from. They borrow a lot from 80s arcade games. And when you think about, so in, in a previous episode, we I'm, I bitched a lot about um, freemium games. There's not a huge difference from a consumable and a premium game as there is to an arcade game. Now, so that makes me hypocrite right away because I like the arcade games and I would still play them today, I think. But you get a way different experience going to an arcade and playing a game built like that than you do with a, with a phone. But that's not even really the main point. My main point is 
the controls are good on arcade because they're actual controls. I'm sorry, but touchscreen controls only work for a few genres, and then you you lose the rest. Mm-hmm. I that's the one of the biggest complaints I have about mobile games because the control system is just not there. I can't play a Mario game on a phone. I can't play a, a fighting game on the phone. And now I say I can't play it. Yeah, they might exist, but they're terrible. Is, is there a version of Space Harrier? I, I didn't. I think you didn't. No, there's. Well, it, it didn't come on the list that I got. But would you play it on an iPad? No, I don't want to play it with touchscreen. Although I don't think it would be as bad, actually. I think, uh, I it think would, it'd be pretty fine. The touchscreen. 3DS version lets you play touchscreen, but I never even bothered trying it. Cause mm-hmm. I don't like touch controls. So I instantly turned off. But I think this type of game, I don't know, because, okay, so your fingers there are controlling where the cursor is, mm-hmm. but then you have the separate control for the Harrier. But I guess if the Harrier is constantly shooting, I guess he'd be constantly shooting, you would just be yeah. moving him around. I don't like it personally. I feel like, it, I don't know, I visualizing it, to me, doesn't feel like it would be smooth. But since I haven't played it like that, I don't know. It might yeah. be okay. The control, it's similar to to Star Fox, right? Yeah. Where, where you you don't control the character in the crosshair. Right. You control both at like, the same time. At the same time. Right? The, 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 the direction f- is the same as where you're Wherever in. your Harrier would be, or your character shoots, and then you move, and by the time you move, it, the mm-hmm. shot takes place wherever you shot it from. So your cursor is your character at the same time. Uh, yeah, you know, I think I think that's a really interesting and valid point. What what Sage you kind of brought up, how in North America, especially how you know arcade gaming has kind of turned into like the mobile it type, has. type yeah. gaming. You know, and, and personally, like I, I'm with Rob. Like I don't really like the whole freemium gaming. I feel I feel like they just nickel and dime you for really no reason and stuff like that. But I'm not going to. But get arcade that. games do in a way too. They, they do, yeah. but I I feel I always felt more satisfied pumping a quarter in, uh-huh. getting another life, and like continue to try to play through the level rather than kind of what the freemium. It's games fundamentally do. the same thing, but. But here's another compare that's not a fair comparison is arcade games at the time tend to be bigger, more exciting, louder, technically more impressive than anything else on the market in terms of consoles. Yes. Whereas mobile f- games tend to be cheaper, toned down. Well, they're cheaper to make, which is one of the reasons why they make so much money. They're just they're they're not as they don't they can't compete with a console or an arcade machine in terms of extravagance. It's just a pickup game. Oh, it's free. I'll play it. I'll keep, then you get addicted for whatever other reason. But it's not the same experience you would get from an arcade. So, I hate, I hate using the term experience, but it's valid. I get a, a fun experience from an arcade machine, sitting down in a space area cabinet and rocking around, than I do picking up my phone and thumbing through some screens on, on an app. I feel less inclined to spend money. I don't get the satisfaction I would get playing TMNT on an arcade machine than I would than I would on my phone, you know what I mean? Well, once, once again, like, with the comparison to, like, Pokemon Shuffle, how, you know, those types of freemium games kind of set you up where you need to pay to kind of complete it. Like, you know, you get to this point where, you know, you have no energy left and you it's, need... It, like, it, tricks you. Yeah, you, you know, arcade games never really had that. No, you just, they were just hard. It was just hard. Yeah. And, and so... But when you learn the, the patterns, yeah. you can get through these games, like, on one or two quarters. So, and then you feel, like, really... Like, yeah, yeah. You, you paid 30 bucks to get to that point, but then you go into the arcade and everybody's like, oh, it's that guy, he's, he's so good at this game, Strider. 
and you can play it on one quarter. And like that's kind of cool. You don't get that from the phone. It's like I paid five bucks, and now I'm the best kit player in this yeah. in this area because I have the big big gun that so, you can't buy. Here's a fun question, and you know I like to Marshall answer this too if you, if you can. Anyways, I don't know if anyone can, but has anyone <laughs> beat an arcade game by pumping quarters into it? Never. Never. Nope. I don't think so. Uh, Mortal Kombat count as a fighter. Maybe you can get to the end of the, of the, of the I, single I'll player. I'll give you that. I'll give you. That. I might have got. I maybe I did that from Mortal Kombat two. Maybe they weren't. They're were like twelve stages. Wasn't that hard? Yeah, yeah. But other than that, no, I don't fucking think so. I can't think of any. I I beat the the Simpsons beat 'em up game. Oh, I love that. I game. beat oh, that. Oh, with beat quarters. that. Yeah. Oh, I'm me, me and my three cousins were just like pumping quarters into it, and we got love into, that game. Yeah, yeah, and we got into the situation where like, oh no, we're out of quarters, and one person would like run to the quarter guy, exchange a twenty, run back, so we. <laughs> it, it was. It was. That's great. It was. It was a great. It that's was, a fun experience. It was, oh, yeah, it's honestly one yeah. of my favorite video games. And that's a story. Yeah. You don't get that from. from from going on your phone and be like, oh, shit, I, I want to get this thing. Okay, I'll pay five jewels, $10 debited from my account. Exactly. Like, it's not the same. So it is the same, fundamentally, but it's not the same at the same time. Yeah. Do you know? So it's like, weird. We, we spent a lot of money just trying to get through the whole game, like, no doubt about it. Yeah. But uh, it was it was well worth it, and, you know, I couldn't imagine spending that much on any kind of freemium game. I agree. Because you just wouldn't get as much out of it. One thing we didn't talk about during uh, for the gameplay is there's bonus stages in Space Harrier. There are. They're very the underwhelming. You're on your, your Raya, the never-ending dragon Falcor, dragon. Falcor, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you ride Falcor, and I, I, you try I, to destroy things. I tried to, to, to kill it. <laughs> you can't at kill first, it. At first, I, I thought, like, why am I... Yeah. You're invisible. I thought, and, then, and then I got on top of him. I'm like, oh no, we're allies? I feel bad. I tried to shoot him. What's oh, yeah. The objective is to, to, to destroy, destroy stuff. Like, your your trees. trees. I'm going to chime in. When that <laughs> happened, I thought the game was over. <laughs> <laughs> Level five, you thought you won? I expected credits to go off and like, <laughs> he's like riding and that's the end. No, you gotta get your score up by destroying uh, yeah. trees, I think it is. Space Harrier, as we know, is uh, has a lot of history. So a lot of games, characters, and, and franchises from this time make their way into other games. Cameos. I know that Space Harrier has been in a bunch of them, but I could not find one list that said, here's a list of, of Space Harrier. So I did a little hunting... And I found some. Uh-huh. So Shenmue, one of the biggest and easiest one, yeah. is uh, you can play the full game on the arcade machine. And as a matter of fact, if you beat Space Hero in one quarter in Shenmue, the arcade owner gives you a, like a like a certificate or something that puts it up in that area. Oh, Isn't that great? That's pretty cool. So if you're so good at Space Hero yeah. that you can play it, we got to play that game. We do. Shenmue. We 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 do have. It's I have the Dreamcast version. He's constantly on the best games of all time. So we should play. I've never played it. You know, no. you never played it. I don't know anything about it. It's long though. That's a long. That's, that'll have to be like a later on down the year project for the, I, for the I, BB I, crew. I, I follow <laughs> this game. Uh, this guy in on YouTube, Adam okay. Garlic, has a, a cool channel. He, he talks and talks and talks about Shenmue. Maybe we owe it to ourselves to play it. And I had a, a friend back in Mexico that he. He loved the Dreamcast. He was like, you have to play Shenmue. And we should add to the list yeah. of games to play. Bayonetta. We already talked about it, so we don't need to say any more, but that's a great cameo. Project Cross Zone. A Capcom Namco and Sega? I think it's Namco? I hope I'm not wrong. So it was a big, it was a crossover uh, tactical game that came out on the 3DS a year or two ago. And it's a big, big fat fest to those three franchises. It's a huge crossover. All the characters are in it. I own the game. Pretty fun. So, one of the characters, Ulala from uh, Space Channel Five, can summon the Harrier as one of her movies, as well as Opa Opa from Fantasy Zone uh, and Scooter from Alien Storm. This is one I found last night. Now, I own this game and I have not played it yet. Sega Superstars Tennis. I got it for like five bucks. Oh, okay. 
there is a space harrier stage, and I found this found this a video last night. It's really cool. So you're you're uh, on the tennis court, and the the space harrier music's playing, the theme song, as well as another piece of music actually. And enemies are coming in over to the court, and they're enemies from space harrier. And you can dodge them, and you can dodge obstacles that are scrolling at you, and hit them with the tennis. And this is awesome bonus stage. And I'm like, shit, I might want to play this game soon now. I didn't know this was in here. How how is that tennis though? It just it's, sounds it's, like, it's, it's, it's it a, sounds like space here. It's it's a like a bonus game. It's okay, not like okay. the main levels. But yeah, you're just like the the video I watched, Shadow. He was playing Shadow, he's just on his tennis court and then the music's playing and the things from the gamer scroll. They even have the little ball enemies that will, will come up on the screen and then split. And I'm just like, this is awesome. And he's like hitting them with the tennis bracket. That was great. Uh, Sonic All-Star Racing has a theme song in the game. That's a great game, that's, by the way. That's awesome. If you guys have never played that but have played Mario Kart, it's pretty comparable. Like, it's... I, for a little while, I liked it more than the recent Mario Kart at the time it was out. Not Mario Kart 8 or 7, but whatever else was popular. The Wii one, probably. Mm-hmm. I liked yeah. it more than that. And, uh, yeah, so there's more, but that's the, those are the ones I could find. And I have a little treat for us. The box arts. <laughs> Some of the box art from, from, from Space Area. These are American ones, right? Yes. For sure. Uh, now we're off to the Fantasy Zone, Space Harrier. And we have the Harrier. Um, Jesus, blasting some dragons. Space Harrier, Sega Game Gear. Look at that guy. That is definitely done by someone from the 60s. That looks like really bad art. Look at the Mega Drive one. <laughs> Space Harrier, the two mega cartridge. That dragon just looks Twice like, the mega power! That dragon looks so derpy. <laughs> he, look, he, looks like, he looks moderately annoyed and possibly stoned. <laughs> space Harrier for the 32X. Whoa. That one looks cool. Yeah, that that tells you a lot about that. It's like, okay, that's Space Harrier. Space Harrier, so that must be the Jap... Yeah, that's the Japanese one. This is the American one. What a difference. Look at yeah. that guy in his buzz cut and his weird-looking gun. Space so Harrier. Always, always rocking the same tracksuit. <laughs> Space Harrier Commodore. Uh, Commodore, thank you. And then Space Harrier for the PlayStation 2 is really weird. I don't like that one, but it's technically better art. And I actually have one other thing to show you guys, but but feel free to talk while I bring this little thing up here. I love the game. I don't. I, but we'll get to the damage in a second. Yeah, I'm. I've. I'm kind of torn on the game, mostly. Cause well, we'll save it. Save it real yeah, quick for well, the uh, damage just part. The, the rail shooter idea. You don't like rail shooters? No, I don't like rail shooters that much. I like you don't like Star Fox. Well, like, Star Fox is okay, but it's not... Star, Star Fox 64 I have great nostalgia for. Yeah. I've tried to play it again, and I couldn't. So, yeah, no, and I know. I haven't played much I felt Star bad that I, that I couldn't. 64. What do you guys think of this? Oh, that's not it. What do you guys think of uh, that that Space Harrier? Hey, welcome to the Fantasy Zone. <laughs> a a, a really piece well of done. art done by a really handsome guy. <laughs> uh, I'll have the link to uh, RokuArt.tumblr.com, but yeah, little Space Harrier great. redesign that I did uh, a few months ago. One, one thing <laughs> that I found kind of hilarious about the whole Space Harrier himself... <laughs> the <is> Harrier! That, <laughs> yeah, like, he's got no real name, he's just called the Harrier. The Harrier, yeah. But, like, Savior his, of the universe. his laser cannon or what whatever the fuck it is... What is that thing? He... Apparently, he all, that's also what propels no. him to fly. According to the lore at the beginning of the game, his telekinesis and superhuman abilities nice. allow him to really? fly. I was, that's I what was, it said. I was reading something else up. I think it was just Wikipedia. Well, it looks like he's and riding with, with it as his weapon. And but when I, on that other picture, that, that you know, well-done picture, <laughs> there was, like, you know, flame shooting out of it like it's a jetpack or something. Which one like is that, that one? 
The one, the last one you showed us, the, the uh, Tumblr one. I think. Oh, the mine. Yeah, the one I did. Oh, that's I was you. That was <laughs> mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I, I had no idea. <laughs> when I redesigned them, I gave him the gun as 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 it. But according to the box art here, where does it say towards the end? Um, he was nearly his wit's ends in unrelenting search for a savior when, lo and behold, a fighter from Earth with superhuman ability and psychic powers heard his plea. It does, uh, <laughs> to be fair, it doesn't that's say canon. his psychic powers. It doesn't say his psychic powers make him fly. But I think that's... I think that's yeah, it's, it's probably making But it looks like it's the jetpack. Let's hear what Marshall has to say. Marshall, how far in the game Before, are you, bud? Uh, I think I made it pretty far because... What level? Yeah, I made it to level 8. No, that's like halfway through. Yeah. Okay, it's like eighteen levels. Okay, I was my high score was like three below your top Ooh. one, so I was like, maybe I'm close to the end. Well, I, what I did is I would stop and then I would just play the level. Like I'd be like, oh, I got to do something else, so I would turn on level seventeen and keep playing from there, kind of thing. My thoughts on it are: at first, I didn't like it. Are we gonna let him do damage no. as well? No. no, no I, okay, I don't feel then, comfortable doing all right, damage. All right, all uh, right. I didn't like it at first. I didn't like the look of it. Okay. And as I started playing, something <laughs> started. And that's without the music. Something started happening, and it started getting a bit more addictive. And it's fun. I hate dying in it. It feels cheap. Sometimes. You're missing the. You're missing the. Ah! And he gets up. Get ready. <laughs> you're doing a great job. Maybe I'm missing the full experience. You needed the music, but you know you played it. I might pick it up though. You should. It's cheap and it's worth it. Yeah, we're doing Fantasy Zone next week. Maybe you should jump in on that one. It's okay. done by the same people, but completely different game mm-hmm. and graphically better. Mm-hmm. Right. Started, just oh, to yeah. mention, I've been sure. playing a lot of Resogun lately for the PS4, mm-hmm. and there's a bit of a, some parallels there. Yes, sir. With uh, I'm not a big arcade gamer. Yeah, but Resogun definitely has that, and it's super addictive. Anytime I die in Resogun, I'm just there's no question that I'm going to keep playing. I just yeah, I just keep playing. I had no problem with and playing that's, that. It's like, that's kind of what this is making me do a little bit while I'm. It's fun. It's it's fun. So let's deal damage, guys. Jeff, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. All right. Um, you know, I I like the game. Oh wait, sorry, Jeff. You want to you want to give a detail? We have to. Oh, we have to tell them what dealing damage is. We're not an established enough show to assume everybody's heard it. So, the damage section of the show is when. We give the game three heart pieces. That's their life. They have three heart pieces of life. It starts with full life. Starts with full life. We have the ability to deal up to a, f- a full heart of damage. Down to, like, you can give them uh, full damage, quarter damage, and so forth. Just like you would in, say, a Zelda game or any other game that uses that, that type of system. Full heart means you 100% love the game, would recommend it, you had a great time. It's great. Three-fourth is you know the game has some flaws, but they're not too noticeable. They're, okay, so 100% means they would be like, there's some flaws, sure, it's not a perfect game, but you still love it. Whole, like Play this game, it's great. Three quarters damage, like, yeah, you should play this game. You know, one quarter. One quarter, sorry. You should, you, you should play this game, it, it's fun. Uh, there's a few flaws here, but you know what, I love the game, you should play it anyways. Well, I mean, no, I love it. I like the game, you should play it. Half damage would be something like, it's not a bad game or a great game. It's a pretty good game, you know. You might, to the right person, recommend they play it. Three quarters of a damage means that you think it's not a good game at all. It's not terrible. It's not bad. It's it's kind of bland. You know. You know. It's it's you know. Maybe you like playing it to the right person, but in general, you wouldn't really recommend it to anyone. Mm-hmm. And lastly, full damage is you hate the game. If someone were to give it to you for free, you would pay the money to take it back. You hate it and would recommend it to no one. No redeeming qualities. Three to ten Metacritic. The whole team gets fired. And that's 
our rating system. It's not convoluted. It's great. So, deal and damage, Jeff. Deal the damage, my friend. Uh, over, overall, I did kind of enjoy my time playing the game. I really like, as you said, the music is great. I love the enemies. Um, the Cyclops Mammoths <laughs> just really, really did it for me. I just love that weird Easter creature. Isle, Easter Island heads. <laughs> Easter Island egg heads or whatever. Easter eggs. Easter, eggs. Easter Island <laughs> uh, heads that just fly at you were just really fun. So I like that, too. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's a rail shooter. It and, is a rail shooter. And I don't care for the monotony I found in a rail shooter. And, and like Marshall said, when you die, you feel kind of cheap that you died, especially mm-hmm. when you get hit by the stones or like the trees and <laughs> things like that. So so overall, I do have a heart damage. Okay. Seiji, do you want to go next, or do you want me to go next? So my, oh, damage, is, my damage is health and heart, too. Oh, damn. But you see, it has such a, a, a strong significance. Mm-hmm. You know, legendary developer. It's a classic arcade game, great theme music, and I became very fond of it. So the game used the potion and recovered one quarter, one quarter of the heart. Oh! So my total damage <laughs> one quarter. <laughs> one quarter. I didn't know we could give our, our yeah, well. It's it's stolen his stone, so he could <laughs> he healed himself. Yeah. No damage for me. I think this is a classic game essential to play. I think if you want to experience some of the best of the arcades of the '80s. I think you should play this game. Uh, if you don't like rail shooters, then maybe I would be like, uh, I think you should try it, like I said to Jeff, but maybe it's not your cup of tea, but I don't care. I love it. The music will stay with me probably forever, um, and I can't wait to pl- for us to talk about Fantasy Zone next week. Yeah. So, total damage, two hearts and one quarter. No, that, that's, that's not damage, that's total health remaining, remaining, remaining health which health. means it's now tie for our highest. The yes, other one was Bayonetta. Bayonetta. Bayonetta so, and Space so you Harrier. Got Space Harrier and Bayonetta. They're just as good. Uh, One's just as good as the other. I think yeah, on our website basically. we'll have to do a. We'll do a. I'll start a chart, and we'll just we'll just throw the games up as we go, so then we can always see what's at the top. But yeah, so that was that was a uh, space harrier, and so as a follow up to the space harrier episode, which is how much damage would you have? Done? <laughs> Theoretical damage, I suppose. Yeah, how much damage in your short I, experience? I mean, uh, the reason I said I wasn't comfortable dealing damage is because I'm not playing with the music, yeah. and the music seems to be such. You're a not getting the full of, experience. Yeah, and I love music in video games. As of right now, just this is subject to change. Yeah, for my first impression, I probably would have given it like two to three Oof. quarters damage, but that's just personal preference. And then as I was playing, mm-hmm. and since I stopped, I would probably give it a quarter. Quarter damage. A quarter to a half. That's not too bad, and that's without the full experience. I'm curious to what. Yeah, I hope you. I hope you decide to play it. We are so as a follow up to this specific episode will be Fantasy Zone, and uh, there's some interesting history of that one because there's actually a, an unreleased combo of the game called Space Fantasy Zone, which combines the two games, which will be might be worth talking that's about as well. So, yeah, so two uh, hearts and uh, one quarter remaining. That's Space Harrier. So thanks for listening, guys. You know, we always appreciate the support. Uh, like, subscribe, iTunes, or we have a website, bonusbarrel.com. I, I hope that you guys, you know, get involved and let us know what you think. This is Rob and... Thank you. And Jeff. And in the background... Marshall. You guys have a good one. See ya. <laughs>